Wake Up with Patty Catter. I love the show. I never miss an episode. It's the best. I turn it on and turn it up. Hello, everybody. You're listening to and watching Wake Up with Patty Catter. Today's guest is Michael Julian, and he has a lot of information that's going to help us especially in today's society where um, things are a little bit crazy right now. So Michael is the CEO of National Business Investigations and MPS Security and Protection. He also created something called Alive, and he's going to be telling us all about that. So Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Patty. Good to be here. Thank you. Please tell our listeners a little bit about where you're from, how you were raised, because this is going to get really interesting and people are going to be really curious about your roots. Sure. Uh, Happy to. In a nutshell, I was born in California, but grew up most of my childhood from the time I was seven to 18 in northern Colorado, which was kind of cool. Came from my father was uh, military and law enforcement, and then he started our company in 1967 that I basically grew up in. So I grew up doing private investigations and security, wouldn't really know how to do anything else. So, but thank God that's worked out well for me. Um, and so, and then in 1997, unfortunately, my father passed very suddenly at the age of 57. And I went from being a surveillance and executive protection guy to being a company owner, which I knew nothing about. And I went to school for administration and justice, not business. So I spent the next 20 years learning how to be a businessman, which has been very, very helpful. Uh, now I run uh, my companies. Actually, I've got a very good executive staff that runs all the private investigations and the, the uh, executive protection and uniform security uh, divisions. Uh, and I focus my my time and attention on my Alive program because that is what uh, that is what I've become very passionate about. Um, I actually had a former student survive the Las Vegas shooting and give my program credit for that, which was incredibly profound in my life and kind of changed the direction. Once. Once somebody says, hey, you or something you did change, save their life, you almost get like a new sense of purpose because that's quite a feeling. It's second only probably to giving birth to a kid, which I've never done, but I have two children. So that was, and I had something to do with that. Um, so that was a big deal. But the second thing would probably be, you know, actually getting credit for saving someone's life. There's an incredible sense of gratification and 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 you, you just feel good about that. So, So tell us what ALIVE stands for. Sure. ALIVE stands for Assess leave, impede, violence, and expose. Those are the five survival steps of alive. I call it the run 2.0 version of run, hide, fight. Uh, Run, hide, fight was, it was fine. You know, it was created over 20 years ago. It was the first version of any kind of active shooter survival method or plan. And the first version of anything is not going to be perfect because it's the first one and you build and you improve over time. Uh, And I believe after uh, taking many, many other active shooter survival programs and because that's what I wanted to do. I I just I became angry and frustrated that good people were dying at the hands of bad people. And I'm watching these videos and I'm seeing people literally doing nothing. They're just they're not responding. They're not acting. They're not trying to survive. They're not trying to leave. They're not trying to attack the the uh, assailant. And I thought, why is this? What are they doing? How do they, why are they not doing? Well, the, the fact of the matter is most of them, nobody ever told them what to do. You know, and if you don't know how to respond to a situation and a situation like this happens, you're so overwhelmed and overcome with panic and fear and the, the thought running through your head that you're never going to see your loved ones again, it'll cripple you. It'll, it'll paralyze you. And that's what was happening. 
So I decided, well, I was just going to have to, I was going to have to teach people to, to, to selfishly satisfy my own angst about, you know, why are you not doing something? I thought, well, I'll teach people how to do it. So I started learning from other, took a lot of other courses uh, on active shooter survival, but none of them satisfied my belief that that's what it was. That's what it took. And that was the, the solution. So at one point I finally just went, okay, I'm going to create my own. And so I created a live and it's been very well received. I'm, I'm fortunate. I, I, I think I was lucky to kind of hit on the formula that works. I believe better than my competition, though I won't put them down because just about any training in this type of thing is better than no training. Mm-hmm. People with no training do nothing or don't know what to do and do the wrong thing. Um, the only training that I will not condone uh, uh, or, or approve is the one that where someone's training a group of people and then one of their buddies comes through the door in the back of the room and starts firing blanks to scare everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we have found because people have had heart attacks with that. The mm-hmm. law enforcement doesn't appreciate it because there's a call from the neighbor. Hey, there's an active shooter. Um, you know, there's been lawsuits. That's not responsible training. So that I'm not okay with. But mm-hmm. just about any other training, even if it's just the six minute run, hide, fight video is better than no training. Mm-hmm. Before the show, we were kind of gabbing a little bit, and I was surprised to find out that you train people without weapons. Is that correct? Yeah. My my program, honestly, this is a lot of people, they hear active shooter and they think I, I teach people how to shoot back. I don't teach people how to shoot back. I teach the average citizen who doesn't have a gun in church, at the theater, at their school, in their desk at work you know, wherever it is they happen to be working, those people don't have a gun to shoot back. That's my target audience. Although I have taught ex-cops, other investigators, lots of security guys that may have those weapons because this methodology does work very, very well. You don't want to have to kill somebody else. You just make sure that you do if that's what it takes to save your own life. But the the average American, uh, and I've got instructors all over the world, the average person doesn't have a firearm or a weapon readily available. Let me, let me, let me correct that. There are a lot of weapons readily available. Uh, and I teach that to look for those. People don't have firearms to shoot back from a distance, oftentimes. So I teach those five steps to try and help them keep stay alive. Mm-hmm. And we were also talking about a lady that I recently spoke to. She said that she could never hurt another human being, even if she was being hurt. What would you say to that person? You know, in my in-person training, um, I've got different types of training, but I have an in-person class. And I always ask the question, is there anybody in here that doesn't think they can take another human life? And about every second or third class, at least one person will raise their hand and say, I couldn't. It's more often than not females, but there have been several times when males have done it as well. So I say, do I have your permission to change your mind? Because it's important that you know whether or not you can do this in case you ever have to do it. Because that's not the time to figure it out. You want to know beforehand. They say yes. And then I take them through this exercise where I say, okay, so, you know, who, who do you love the most? Who do, you, who do you not want to go the rest of your life without? Very often it's a, a ch- one of their children, their, their children, or maybe a spouse. And I walk them down this journey of, okay, well, see this person right here, picture, you know, your little, your son, Johnny, who's seven years old, picture little Johnny's face on this person next to him. And, you know, you love them and you, you, you know, you just feel warm and, and think about the idea of not being able to survive or not being able to live without them or something horrible happening to them. 
And then I say, okay, now I'm a bad person and I have a gun and I'm pointing it at little Johnny, who you love more than anyone else in the world. I'm pointing it at their head and I'm going to count to three. And when I, when I hit three, I'm going to shoot little Johnny and kill them. And then I'm going to turn my gun on you and I'm going to shoot you and kill you. Now you point your gun at me and they put their little finger gun up and they pointed at me. And I said, now all you have to do to stop me from killing this beautiful little child of yours and then turning it on you. So you never see each other. Johnny never grows up and you never get to see Johnny ever again. Before I get to three, all you got to do is pull your trigger before I pull mine. Usually about the, when I hit one is when they pull their trigger. Mm -hmm. And I say, now I didn't do that to embarrass you. A lot of times females will get very emotional. I said, I didn't mean, mean to make you cry. I did that so that you understand that if it comes down to you never seeing your beautiful little child or your husband or wife again, or you taking another human life, which one do you choose? And they have always pulled the trigger. They said, clearly, I am going to save my beautiful baby or my spouse. And if it means taking another human life, then that's what I'll do. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have any recommendations for people who are thinking about taking some training? I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I feel like everybody could use it. But what if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm kind of interested in your classes. I mean, how do you convince them like this is important? Well, I basically just spell out the facts. And that is if all of a sudden you're faced with a life or death situation and you've never thought through and prepared your mind for what you were going to do. And you're now under the gun and the panic and the screaming and the chaos. And now you're trying to figure out a plan. Now you're trying to go, OK, what is the best option for me? Is that the time that you that you prepare yourself or you do it before you actually need that knowledge? I mean, it's it's honestly, it's common sense. It, mm-hmm. Anything like this, you have to train for. You at least have to know what you'll do. You have to mentally test yourself. And a lot of people, I ask them, you know, what would you do? Are you ready for a situation like this? And some people say yes. Most people say no. And then I ask them the question, the question at the end. And a lot of times the ones that said yes say, thought I was, but I wasn't, but now I am. And that makes me feel good because now they have that knowledge. Now they're prepared. Mm-hmm. What's one of the things in your class that happens that you don't think may happen at other classes? What makes yours different and unique? Great question, Patty. And that's a very simple answer because I get that asked all the time. Well, why don't I just, you know, watch the run, hide, fight video for free? Uh, why don't I take this? Why don't I do that? The, the, the very simple answer to that that I have seen and has yet to be proven not correct or not true is my training is, you know, you can say you got to run, you got to hide, you got to fight. You can say you've got to do ABC. You got to go over here. You got to do that. Those are all physical functions. That is a, that is a physical methodology to survive. But like everything else in life, If you're going to do something physically, before you even get started with the physical process, you've got to be ready up here. So I literally teach a a 50-50 combination of mindset and method. And the the example I use is uh, you could be the most athletically, perfectly engineered human being on earth and the fastest runner on earth. But if you don't have a desire to cross the finish line first... The person next to you probably does, and they may not be as physically adapted as you are, but they have that, they have that, that burning desire in their mind. So mindset and method, mindset and method are equally important. You've got to be mentally prepared to do it. Again, 
I've seen I've seen videos um, they were used for training. Uh, one in particular, there was a law enforcement officer that stopped a guy on the side of the highway, and the guy on the highway who what kind of he was unstable. He came, he pulled out a gun, he pointed at the officer. The officer pointed at him. There now it's a standoff, and the officer kept saying, "Put your gun down, put your gun down, back up, put your gun down, put your gun down." He said it multiple times. The bad guy shot and killed the, the officer. The problem was the officer had the gun. He was physically able to pull the trigger, but he didn't couldn't do it in his mind. He hadn't prepared himself. He hadn't thought it through, and he hadn't prepared himself to take another human life if that's what was necessary to save his own. Mm-hmm. And he died because of it. And a lot of people are not mentally prepared for this type of thing. And that is something we do a visualization exercise in my program, um, both the in-person and the online program, which is built on a video of my in-person where I literally walk you down the path and the journey. I, I call it pro, being proactively reactionary, which is kind of a oxymoron because one <laughs> means one thing and one means the other. I want people to proactively be ready beforehand to react. So they, they, they create the reaction before they need it. And I walk them down this journey. I say, close your eyes. And I, I lower my voice kind of like a little meditative tor- sort of thing. And I say, you know, picture yourself where you spend your day at work or whatever. And, you know, see the sights, smell the smells, hear the sounds. Now you hear shots. And then I walk them through the five steps of alive. I'm literally preparing them in their mind to use the five steps of alive for this situation. But you never know what the scenario is going to be. So I'll say, okay, now come back to the beginning. Same deal, but you don't hear the shots over there. You hear them outside in the parking lot. So you look over there. Now go through those steps again because you may react completely differently. You may use one step instead of the other because you have a different opportunity. Mm -hmm. You probably hear too, like, it will never happen to me. Or (laughs) what are the chances? Or the odds are so slim. Uh, You know, Patty, that's so funny you said that. And this was not pre-rehearsed. No. Um, the The first chapter in my book is, it won't happen to me. Wow. (laughs) Because there's something called an optimism bias. It's a psychological condition. And there's PhDs and psychiatrists that have written written papers on it and stuff. There is a condition, a psychological condition that some people have, and it's called the optimism bias. They, let's face it, it is easier and less stressful to always focus on the good and never on the bad. If we're not thinking, oh my God, something terrible could happen to me because it's easier and more pleasant to not think about that, mm-hmm. we're never going to be prepared. So yes, and that is one of the biggest objections because we have found statistically and historically that absolutely it can happen at any time, anywhere. It's happened at any hour around the clock on any day of the week and any year in history or for the last 20 plus years. It can happen anywhere. There, Nobody's immune. So the whole idea that it'll never happen to me, you're probably right. You're probably right. But you know what? There's a good chance that a fire will not break out in your children's school. Does that mean you shouldn't do fire drills and prepare in case it does? So yeah, the whole it doesn't happen to me. Unfortunately, that is a mindset that I strongly try and break and convince people that, yeah, you're probably right. But just in case... Wouldn't you rather have this information and not need it than need this information and not have it? Absolutely. And show us your book again and tell us where we can get that. Well, uh, it's on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon, but they keep a big chunk of it. So I'd prepare you buy it from my website. Nice. Uh, It's called (laughs) 10 Minutes to Live, Surviving an Active Shooter, 
uh, using Alive. The reason it's called 10 Minutes to Live is, uh, and what I teach in the courses is 69% historically, 69% of active shooter events. And by the way, I use active shooter, active killer, and active assailant interchangeably, okay, mm -hmm. depending on the demographic and my audience. 69% last, they, they end in less than five minutes. That's good news. However, some of the biggest body counts like Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech and the Las Vegas Mandalay Bay massacre lasted exactly 10 minutes. However, because that is about the longest they have lasted historically, that is, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. And I want my students and I want people that use the Alive program, I, I want it burned into their brain to have a goal, to have a, a finish line, okay? Because if you're focused on the positive outcome of the survival, you're not going to be distracted by the idea that you're going to die and that you're never going to see the people you love again. That is paralyzing mindset, paralyzing mentality. That's what gets people's entire functions to shut down and do nothing. And we know that we cannot do nothing. I, I show video of the um, New Zealand mosque attack. And I say, okay, people, this is what happens when you don't know what to do or you choose not to do anything. And so many people, unfortunately, lost their lives when they didn't need to, but they didn't know any better. So, um, so 10 minutes to live. I want people to know you got to have a goal, like in anything, in sports, in business, in entrepreneurship, anything you want to achieve, you got to focus on that endpoint, on that goal. That's what keeps you from being distracted by the by the barriers and the noise that might stop you from achieving it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, and you can get it on the website. Sorry, you asked me. Mm -hmm. It's activeshootersurvivaltraining.com. And then just go to the tab that says book. I was literally just going to ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. And again, your website one more time. Activeshootersurvivaltraining.com. It's okay. long, but it's very descriptive. And we're going to have a link to that on, for those of you watching, it will be on the screen and um, make sure that you go to his website and check that out. Um, those of you listening through podcast or radio, um, we will make sure that we have it in the show notes on the podcast. And then um, I'll repeat it again at the end of the show. So uh, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. I do have one last question that I just thought of, and it takes you back to when you were younger. I believe you told me when you were 16 years old, you, you kind of helped your dad. Is that right? I started working for my father doing surveillance when I was 16 years old on the weekends. I was in high school and I started, you know, he had different kinds of surveillances and stuff. And so I started doing that. And mm -hmm. so, so what I'm, did doing, you, I'm kind of curious what your friends thought. Did they know? My friends knew. So my friends used to call me Magnum as in Magnum PI oh, yeah. because my dad was a PI. I wasn't licensed, obviously, at that mm -hmm. point, but I worked for my dad. So my nickname was Magnum, which was hilarious because I, you know, I was a skinny little blonde 16 year old and, you know, I looked nothing like Magnum PI, but uh, that was just kind of a fun, fun little nickname. But uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. Most people have never met a private investigator. So growing up with a father that was one and fairly well known and, uh, and then becoming one myself, it's always been kind of neat to, to do something a little bit different than, than other people. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I, that was just in the back of my head. And I thought I need to ask that question because it's not often that you meet a teenager who um, is into that. And it just kind of reminds me of there was a show. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. It had Johnny Depp in it. And he was the undercover 
cop. 21 Jump Street? <laughs> yes, thank you. Sure, <laughs> it reminds sure. me of something like that. Um, yeah, Patty, before we go, I just want to mention one other thing that's a really important thing that I think your audience will be particularly interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't teach all these myself, and frankly, I've done enough of it traveling around the world teaching, I'd like to back off a little bit and focus mm-hmm. on my online course and so forth. Uh, last year, I started a program called the um, Instructor Certification T3, train the trainer, T3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just had with us last weekend. And so HR managers, risk managers, safety and security managers, but even more so guys, men and women that own their own security companies that don't have an active shooter survival training program to sell to their clients. We spend two days, long eight to 10 hour days, depending on how big the class is. And I teach them how to teach the Alive program. Wow. Yeah. So I literally, it's, I don't want to say it's a business in a box because Mm -hmm. it kind of cheapens this and is a very serious subject, but I literally teach other people how to, how to teach my program Mm -hmm. so they can then make it their own program. It's always got to be labeled alive, but it can be taught by anybody. Um, And then they sell it. um, And then they're also an affiliate of mine. So if they sell the online program, they get 50% of whatever that is. And that's usually they're usually sold in blocks of 100 to 200 licenses. Mm-hmm. But I think for the benefit of your audience, that is something that would probably be more interesting than anything is yeah. the opportunity to be able to not tell a client, no, I'm sorry, I can't teach you active shooter survival or give me six weeks and I'll create a program. This mm-hmm. is a tried and true program that they can literally start teaching the day after they go through my that's really amazing um, because I have a lot of military veteran listeners, a lot, um, hundreds of thousands, no joke. And um, a lot of law enforcement. I come from a law enforcement background. That's really interesting. So where can they find information? Is that going to be on your website as well? Yeah, it's on the website as well, activeshootersurvivaltraining.com. And then just go to the courses tab and drop down to the bottom one, which is the instructor certification course. So mm-hmm. I they become certified to teach my program. Um, and then they get all the benefits and support they have they, that they need. I mean, I give them documents. I give them the PowerPoint presentation so they can literally go teach it the next day. I give them marketing material, marketing support. Part of the program is an hour and a half on how to market the program. There's a oh. section on the insurance you need to cover you for if you're going to be in the security industry. Mm-hmm. Um, everything you need, you literally leave this two-day program. And now it's on Zoom thanks to COVID. It used to be in person. So it's a lot cheaper to take because you don't have to fly to California. Yeah. But everything you need literally to now be an, an alive active shooter survival training program instructor, sell the course, make money that way. And so a lot of, wow. and I've got tons of military, former military and law enforcement instructors throughout the country. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And we're going to talk more about this off air um, because I'd like a little more information for myself as well. Sure. So thank you so much, Michael, for being on the show. And thank you for Um, just taking time to explain some things to us. Um, I know that me personally, when I hear about an active shooter, I always think, why didn't somebody in the crowd have a a weapon to protect themselves? Um, So I'm kind of curious without you giving all the answers to your course, some of those answers. So I may have to take your course. And for those of you listening who are also, you know, he left his little little treats to, to make us want the whole cake. Right. Um, so I know you can't tell us all your little secrets unless we take your course, but thanks Michael for um, being on the show and talking about this subject, because it is something that's very important to everybody now, especially nowadays, even, I mean, for years and years, it's been an issue. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, My pleasure, Patty. It's great being here with you. Thank you. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out my show. A new release comes out every single Friday on Amazon TV, Roku, 18 AM FM radio stations across the United States and on every major podcast platform. Be sure to check out my store, thepatrioticmermaid.com and have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Follow Patty at Patty Catter on Facebook and Instagram. Get social. You can now watch Wake Up with Patty Catter on Amazon TV and Roku. It's the only podcast I listen to. Be sure to check out Patty's apparel line, The Patriotic Mermaid at thepatrioticmermaid.com and on social media at The Patriotic Mermaid. I love it. Special thanks to Patty's content creator, Alicia Thompson. Thanks for all that you do. Visit ThompsonCreate.com for all your marketing and design inquiries. 